Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is in celebration of the Berit Milah of Millie and Eddie Sitt's son, sponsored by grandparents Renata and Robert Marcus. Um, Breakfast is also <coughs> dedicated anonymously in loving memory and Le'ilui Nishmat Isabel Bajin and dedicated for the Zechut of Rachel Bat Barbara Bahir, Shoshana Bat Sarah, Adel Bat Leah, and Yaakov Ben Leah to date their Zivug with clarity and ease and be under the Chupa this year. What a magnificent, uh, what a beautiful Beracha that is. Yeah, who knew that you could sponsor a class like this in the morning and put in such a, you know, specific thing. This is great. Everyone should come and sponsor and write us a bakashot and blessings in front of Hashem for this. Okay. Rabotai, so we're dealing now with the parasha of Bereshit. And one of the challenges in Bereshit um, is what to focus on. You know, I always feel that sometimes you sit down with a parasha like Bereshit, you could study Bereshit for your whole life. And we get one week. Like, you know, how many classes do you get to give on this incredible parasha? So Rabotai, <coughs> what I want to do together with you today is ask what I think is an essential, a seminal question. You know, there are questions which are questions like, you know, you ever see a movie as an example? Barmanan, obviously, no one here watches movies. Hasve Shalom, always learning Torah. But if God forbid one day you were sick or Hasve Shalom, you weren't allowed to learn Torah, I don't know, whatever the reason might be, and you watch the film. And you know, someone comes along and they say, oh, there was a, one of, there was a plot hole in the movie. You know, ah, that doesn't make sense. Why would he do that? Why would she go there? How come he's hiding there? How come he didn't invest the money? You have all questions, small questions on plot holes. Sometimes you listen to Divrei Torah and their plot hole Divrei Torah. Like, how come Yaakov on the way to here, he did this, he could have went, that's a plot hole question. But then there's a question which is so essential. It asks, it challenges in a certain way the presumption itself at its core. I want to ask this question, Rabotai, with regards to Bereshit as well. HaKadosh Baruch Hu builds a world for the people. He builds a world for human beings. Right? Think about that for one second. That means that there was a point where there was no world, where there was no universe and no stars and no galaxy. Vayivater Yaakov Levado, God says, you were left alone, you're alone, like I'm alone. There was a point in history, in time, where God was by Himself. And the amazing thing is that this is no longer only a religious concept or a religious idea. Um, Yahadut has been saying it since the beginning of time, pretty much. But science only really agreed to this in the late, in the 60s. They believed that the universe or a part of it was always around. And the different theories about the universe abounded, you know, uh, and, and figuring out how it came to be. But they believed that there was always something here. Even Einstein himself, uh, you know, they thought that maybe there was an, an oscillating universe, right, that would go in and out and in and out, implosions and explosions. But they, they, they did not believe that there was a time that there was nothing. And the opening words of the Torah were under fire for thousands of years. Bereshit bara elokim. That there was a time where God created ex nihilo, like they say. From nothing, God created something. 
Now, some people want to ask about that process, but I would like to ask perhaps a second question. I would like to ask not about the process, but about the drive and the motivation. You're sitting there by yourself and you're God. What are you, bored? You decide to make a world? What does that even mean? Why would you decide to build a world? What's the, what is the impetus for that? Now, someone once said to me, you know, God was lonely. Maybe God created us because he was lonely. I don't know, maybe God was bored. He was bored. So I explained to him something I think is very difficult to wrap your head around. But once you do, you realize that the chidush of creation in its drive and its impetus is even more astounding. You know, you could sit and space out for a minute or two or five, but there comes a point where you just want to chop your own head off, right? You get, you're losing your mind. You don't have your phone, your phone battery dies and you're in the DMV, Shema Yisrael. You're liable to go postal, right? If you have your phone, chalas. Nobody cares anymore about waiting. You realize that? You have a delay on a plane. Used to be people go crazy. Now they're on social media. They're watching three movies. You know, they're, you know, they're catching up on Daf Yomi. No problem. When do people go majnun? When they run out of juice. I always said this. They should give out for every delayed flight mini battery packs. They won't have any sad customers. Okay, listen to this, Rabotai. So boredom, yeah, loneliness is a function of time. How long can you sit spacing out? How long can you be alone for by yourself? Even Adam Arishon, he's not lonely right away. When does he get lonely, Chazal tell us? After he's naming each animal and he sees that each animal has a partner, then he sees, oh, where's my partner? That means that there's a period of time a person can go without being lonely. Imagine you start dating, you come back from university or yeshiva, you get a job, however the process is in your personal life. You start dating. What, you dated one girl, you, you feel lonely? You don't feel lonely. You don't feel like, oh, draw, I need to get married, come on, fick me, let's go. It takes time. After a while, eventually you're like, oh, come on. Then a person feels that drive that they, they, they need, they need partnership. Boreo Lam is, is a being which is, as we know, we're all familiar with the idea that God is everywhere. We're all familiar with that idea. Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is truly everywhere. That is like one of the Yisodot HaEmunah, that song. Hashem is everywhere. We know that God is above space. But somehow we don't also process that God is above time. So it's not just that Hashem is everywhere, it's that Hashem is every time. Hashem Melech, Hashem Malach, Hashem Yimloch Leolam Va'ed doesn't mean that God is very old and that God has a great insurance plan. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean the infinity of God is not the fact that He always existed and always will exist. And wow, that's so long. It's not long at all. For God, there is no concept, there is no construct called time whatsoever. God just exists in a moment. There is only one moment for God. Now, that's it. That's all that exists is one moment, the moment that we are in. And that means that from the human perspective, when all of history unfolds and everything happens, all of that is really happening by God's measure of time in one second. Now, that's a very difficult idea to wrap your head around because we, in our lives, 
Our brains can only comprehend things happening, people existing, in some sort of sequence. This happens and this happens and this happens. We can't comprehend something which doesn't have any sequence of a before, a middle, and the end. We don't understand that. But as a mashal, just so we understand that this is possible, it's important to look, just think for one second, of the idea that we know, factual, that when you have an astronaut, they go to the moon, we know, today we know, that they come back and time has traveled, has moved differently for them because they were on another planet. Now, we understand today that that has to do with various forces in the universe. Physics will teach us why uh, time travels differently. Einstein actually helps us understand that, that there's a relativity in time, that time is dependent on other factors. It's not an absolute, but that means that time could be slower in another place in our universe. Could you imagine moving to another place in the universe which was even slower? You could get that, right? Could you imagine going to a place where it was even slower than that? Could you imagine that you got to a place where it was so slow it stopped? Suddenly our brains, using the information that we actually know already to be true, can start to extrapolate this concept about God being above time. So why would God, in a single moment, not bored, not lonely, why is he creating a world? What is he doing? Now this is one of the most beautiful ideas to contemplate. When the Torah tells us, The Midrash tells us that, why is it that God created man alone? Every other animal we know, he created them with pears. Comes to God, chalas. He couldn't create it, right? Why? Was it production issues? He was falling behind schedule? You know, he needed to get him out on the sixth day at a certain time. He's like, look, guys, guys, if she's not ready yet, just make the man. This will be a harbinger for the rest of time where man will wait for the woman to be ready. Is that the point? No. No. Why was man created alone, says the Midrash? So that every single human being, till the end of time, should be able to say, Bishvili nivraha olam. That I alone exist in the universe. There had to be a time where there was only one person in the universe so that the person could understand that the world is here for me. Now, this, just this one sentence is enough for us to speak for hours about. What does that mean? The world is here just for me. That's what Hashem made the world all that I could have. Why do I need nine gazillion cattle? How many burgers am I going to eat? Right? I need all the states in the world. God could have made me a little nice island with the you know, beautiful mountains on one side, you know, volcano, the ocean. I have all the key, you know, the key factors of this universe in one side. I could have it. There are places that have different you know, temperatures and, and, and vistas. God created the whole world for me? What does that mean? So there's lots to talk about on that. But I want to talk and address it just in its simplest concept. A person is supposed to walk through the world with their eyes open and to recognize that God created the world for human beings. We are not occupiers of a planet. We are the point of the planet. Which I have to tell you, goes a long way for us to understand our relationship with the planet. You know, today in climate change, it's very uh, in vogue to be very, care- very caring for the planet. 
It's also very in vogue not to eat meat and not to eat chicken and everything should no 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 fish. You know, because you know what right do we have vegetarian? Quint Torah. What's it's not, you're not fellow occupiers of the planet. You were the point of it. The animals, they were put there for you, right? The, the environment itself was... Now, you want to ask a question. Should you take care of this world if it's the world that you're going to give to your children and grandchildren? I think I hear that. That makes sense. But to, to what degree? It's still, at the end of the day, it's there for you. It's kind of like saying that the needs of your car should trump your own needs in order to be able to protect the car. But the whole point of the car is to service you. So at a certain point... There has to be a trade-off where actually, yes, I'm going to actually do what I need to do in order to be able to live properly. So this idea, Bishwili Nivraha Ola, means that God made the flowers for you. And He made the beautiful trees and the fruits for you. They were made for you. Now, I can't, I don't know if it's, it's coming across how profound this idea is. Rambam says as follows, Hakela nechbad vahanora in Yisodea Torah Bet. The great, mighty, and, and uh, what's it called? And uh, honored God, He commands us to love Him and to fear Him. What is the way to love and to fear God? When a, in a person is contemplating, is thinking, in God's actions, and His creations, that are so wondrous, that are so huge, We'll see from them God's wisdom that has no compare, no ability. Look, it's endless. Miyad immediately he begins to love God. and he praises him and he glorifies him. and he is filled with a great desire to know God Himself. In fact. The originator of our nation, Avraham Avinu, discovers God through this route. He starts to contemplate the stars, the heavens, and he asks, Mi bara ele, who made these? Now, Avraham's journey is a journey uh, in, in analyzing the universe. But for us, for me, for you, I don't think we need to take classes in astronomy 101 to ask this question. You walk past a beautiful flower, stop. Look into the heart of the flower. Do you ever see a tree, or a, sorry, a flower, where the, the petals are arranged in exact and perfect symmetry. You look at that, you're like, wow. A tiny seed fell in the earth. Some rain came by this way. Nobody even planted it. And it grew, and it grew in such a geometrical and uh, symmetrical way. That's amazing. How did that happen? You know, Rav Shach all the time used to talk about this about the, the wonder of creation. You, know, you think about uh, an orange. The orange has, inside, has outside a peel that protects it from the elements. It's thick enough that even if it falls, it doesn't ruin the fruit, it doesn't bruise the fruit. Then you open it up inside, and each little slice, it's like your mom sliced you an apple into slices, and then they wrapped each one in like a little saran wrap, has its own wrapping inside. And then inside the pieces themselves, you'll notice piece of orange, it's not like a straight apple where it's one, you know, uh, uh, homogenous, you know, uh, pulp or, fr or fruit inside. It's tiny little like capsules, capsules of juice and flavor. You think, mi bara ele, what an unbelievable thing this is. The, even something as simple as a tree or fruit, you notice the wondrous things in creation. You recognize that Boreo Olam was 
He wrote them, he, he composed them, he prepared them only for you. In a world devoid of people, Borei Olam, he saw you. And he decided, you know what, I want to make this world for Avi. And in order that Avi should notice me, I'm going to put all of these beautiful signposts pointing back to me. A beautiful day, the rain, the rainbow that comes out after the rain, right? There's a beauty even, by the way, in pouring rain with might, with thunder. You stand inside, wow, magnificent. Today, we're crazy people today. Today, we have recordings of rain so that we can fall asleep in our rooms to fake rain that our phone is making. You understand? <laughs> it's amazing, you know? It's, uh, but the, 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 the nature, and then what you do, you take a picture of outside, and you filter out the rain, and you make it a sunny day. It's like amazing how the craziness of our virtual world. But Rabotai, all of this is Hashem saying, I made this for you, and the only point was that you should notice me. And if you notice me, and you notice the complexity of what I've created for you, the beauty, the uh, variety that I've created for you, then Be'ezrat Hashem, you'll also see me, and if you see me, you'll have a relationship with me. That means that when God sits in a vacuum of space and time, there's nothing out there, it's just pitch, I don't know, pitch black or pitch white, I don't know what even it is. And Borei Olam says, there's going to be somebody out there who's going to say, Baruch Ata Amunai Elokeinu Melech HaOlam Shehakol Nehiyadaro. How different would our prayers be and our blessings be? L'chvodi Baratib. God says, I made this world for you to show me that honor, that dignity, that respect. Why? And there's only one answer to this, we're not going to get into it, is because God has kindness inside of him. He is a Baal Chesed. And when you're a Baal Chesed, you can't help but share. You know, a Baal Chesed who has a gemach for uh, weddings, and then Corona shuts down all the weddings, what does, the, what does this Baal Chesed do? He opens a gemach for partitions. <laughs> right? Because he can't handle not having a chance to help. Borei Olam must, he must do Chesed. So he creates you so that he can give you kindness. And he gives you all these wonderful things, but the ultimate kindness he could give you is to allow you to have a relationship with him. May God allow us in these moments of birachot, in these moments of interaction, interaction with the wonders of nature, may, may he allow us to have our breath taken away and please God through that to notice him and through that to affect the entire purpose of the creation itself. Baruch Amen.